We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be discussing the three spotlighted games of the week. We're going to do some spitball, talk a little soccer, and give you our picks, so stay tuned. We're back! Hello? No Tim! Still no Tim. Yeah, Tim's not here. Missing. No Tim! The Sultan of the Spread. Yeah. (laughs) Enough. I don't even know what to say anymore, because this is ridiculous. Um... You anyway. turned it around for him, man. You got you to go back to... You, First of all, he told me that I'm the reason why he started doing well, and all I said was, pick good teams. That That's the advice that changes the ship? You know what we got to start doing to him? We got to start, like, encouraging him and, like, supporting him. Like, you know what? That's a great pick. Start, like, you know... Get some confidence yeah, behind yeah, him. Yeah. So he's like, I got this. I feel yeah, like he's yeah. vulnerable like that. Like how we talk about our fantasy league when someone loses. Like, yo, they're vulnerable. We got to go make a trade now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim's vulnerable, and he goes, like, one and two. Yeah. Y'all know what happened. Yeah. That's tough. Um, also, by the way, before we start the show, I just want to say that I watched Moneyball for the first time last night. Where as I was leaving the, the the studio, you had it on. Fucking awesome! I do want. I wanted it to be longer, even though it is a pretty long movie. But I felt like there was so much more that could have kind of explained or whatever. But it was fucking. It was really cool. Brad Pitt killed it. By the way, big Brad Pitt guy. I'm a huge Jonah Hill guy. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, he killed it. Yeah, that he was did also. I never like knew that story going. Like I knew about the A's. Like growing up, they were fucking nasty in the early 2000s. The Yankees always played them. It felt like in the ALDS every year. But Jonah Hill, like that was pretty cool. How he was like working. I think it was for the Indians. Yeah, and then, uh, and then Billy Bean or Brad Pitt walked in. And he's like, you know, I like this guy. Yeah, and he took, <laughs> took him. him. Yeah, the best part of that movie. Well, one of my favorite parts is when he calls him, and it, it seems like Billy Bean is drunk. He's like, "Would you have taken me in the first round?" And then he's he's like, "Come on, just answer it. Tell me." Yeah, the kid's like, "Yeah, I would have taken you in the first round. You're a good player." He's like, "No, seriously." He's like, "I would have took you in the ninth round." <laughs> and he's like, "All right, good. I bought you from the Indians." He's like, "Pack your bags." He's like, "You're working for me now." <laughs> 
That was a good one though. That 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 moved up my list on the sports movies. It, it's up there for me. Okay. I like. I, I want to say so. I know you mentioned uh, the movie right before we started recording. Rookie of the year for you. I don't yeah, rookie of the year. Yo, rookie of the year. I, I was like, it came out before I was born. First of all, so I watched it when I was like seven, eight. I was like my dream. Like, yo, if I could, because I was like, playing <laughs> this, <laughs> I was like, yo, you never know if I could crank one to the infield. But I was like, yeah, that's fucking sick. Like this kid just like went to a game, got surgery on his arm, and <laughs> became throwing ninety miles an hour now. I don't know. It was just fucking like cool as a kid to see, like, yo, it's possible. I think Moneyball is my favorite baseball movie of the bunch. <laughs> one of those is. I also like Little Big League. Mm-hmm. I always get those two mixed up. Angels on the Outfield is another good one. Yo, so, you know it's a good movie, but it pains me to say it because I'm a Yankee fan. Fever Pitch. Mm, with I've Jimmy heard that. Fallon and Drew yeah, Barrymore? Yeah. I haven't seen that I hate in so watching long. it. Like, yo, one time I watched. I- my brother came in. I was watching. I'm like, "Yo, it's a pretty good movie." Well. I was like, "Yo, turn that shit off." Because it was about, like 2003. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the, the Yankees. Socks. Yeah, I mean 2004. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, them winning it all. It, that script was like supposed to end with them losing again, and like how they always lose or whatever. That was the f- they broke the curse that year, so they had to change the whole ending. Yeah. So it was like pretty cool, but uh, it was a good movie. I liked it. I like it as a baseball fan. Yeah. What, what about like Hardball? Is Hardball a baseball movie? Like do baseball movie? Do that like, movie was sad as hell. I watched I, that recently for the first time. I've I've never seen Hardball honestly. Damn. So do are that's a sports movie, right? Even though yeah. it doesn't have to do with like real characters and like a real like. No, yeah, that's shit. a sports, it's yeah, a sports right? movie. Okay, I'm not. It's a little it. league. It's about like a little league. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, you gotta watch Hardball. Little Giants is a sports movie. Never seen that. That's a funny movie. Boxing movies, anyone? Yeah, I recently just watched Southpaw. Southpaw's ridiculous. On Netflix. I almost cried. Yo, and then you put me on to Warrior, too. Warrior's was, ridiculous. Yeah, yo. Dude, I watched that with my brother. I don't know if I've seen that. War- you gotta watch that. It's, yo, I honestly, Keith, like, he's always pushy about movies because Keith watches every movie ever. And he was really pushy about, yo, you gotta watch Warrior. You gotta-. I was like, fine, fucking Netflix? put it on now. I don't know. Yeah. But yo, he, it- I, we watched it. I'm like, yo, that was amazing. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. And I went to fight. It's about like UFC fighting or whatever. And there's like brothers that are fighting each other. I was like, yo, Keith, let's go right now. He's like, yo, enough. <laughs> That's like, how I felt. Yo, shouldn't have shown me that. About 10 years ago, maybe more, my brother, we were talking about, he always talks about movies. I'm like, yo, I've never seen any movie. Like, just stop. Like, yeah, us who have always said, like, we're, we're pretty similar to how we're not really big movie guys. I get killed for it. Godfather, never seen it. I'm Italian. That's terrible. Get killed for it. Goodfellas. Like, yo, Jackson Hole, always in good, like, Goodfellas. Check it out. Never seen it. <laughs> Bro, those are, I, I those are great movies. So yeah, like ten years ago, I was like, "Yo, he's talking about know, like the Rocky movies." He's like, "Oh, whatever, blah blah blah," or like Adrian or something. Like, because they used to play some shit like at the Yankee game, like in the eighth inning when they were losing. I was like, "I've never seen those." He's like, "Stop." He got mad tight. Christmas morning, he hands me the gift from under the tree. He's like, "Yo, wrapped and everything." He's like, "Yo, go watch these." <laughs> <laughs> I open it up. It's the the five like the set of Rocky movies. Yeah, I didn't watch them. No lie, until two years ago. Yo, Rocky Four is fucking incredible. Yo, I felt like yo when he was working out. I fe- I was working overnight, like just chilling at the desk. I felt like getting up and like punching a hole in the yeah. wall, like running miles right there, like Dude, jumping rope. I was like, yo, the one in Rocky Four, I, th- I believe it's Rocky Four, where it's hearts on fire, hearts on fire. He's like <laughs> lifting a fucking. You know those things like horses carry on their backs? He's like, lift it. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yo, and he was working in the butcher shop and punching the thing of meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. So, yo, what's your, what's your number one pick as far as sports movies? Like, you can only watch this movie for the rest of your life, and it's it, a sports film. It depends what, what kind of mood I'm in, because Remember the Titans is, like, one of my favorite movies. I like that movie. But if I'm in, like, I want to be, like, inspired. Yo, We Are Marshall is, like, underrated yo. to me. That's my guy, too, Matthew McConaughey. I did see that. My, my that makes me teacher. feel like 
I'm putting on a fucking helmet right now. My religion teacher made me watch that in high school. He was big on like sports movies, but like tying into like unity and shit. And yeah. uh, what's the yo? We talk, cool runnings. Is that the Jamaican? Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. That, cool runnings. That's yeah, another good saw one. that one. Yo, but we are Marshall. That scene, like he's just, McConaughey is ridiculous. But there's just so many scenes in that movie where you're like, <sighs> let's get on the field. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know what my number I, one. I'd, I'd probably is. go with uh, "Remember the Titans." Remember the Titans is like one of my favorite movies. Like, it, it not even in sports, like just in general. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. I fucking love that thing. Yo, is Twenty One a movie? Yo, Twenty One is my shit. Nah, it's a it's it's a degenerate. I mean, movie. Is it a That's movie? A <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely a movie. not a sports movie. Why not? I mean, nah, nah. Come on, boss. We need like a ball. We need an athletic. Event to go down. I'm Rounders? Like, Rounders is a good one. A little Texas Hold'em. I'm typing in best sports movies of all time. And Remember the Titans is, is up there. Like if you were to put tiers, I feel like Remember the Titans is definitely in like the top tier. Oh, it has to be. And if it's not, I'm turning I'm shutting Sh- this Yo, laptop. Shady, you know what other movie I liked a lot? Gridiron Gang. Dude. I, that's surprisingly that, high on my on my list. That no, was like the first like surprise s- you two, like no Rudy. I like Rudy. It's not never, one of my favorites, though. Never watched Rudy? <laughs> that's hard. That's not that bad, though. That's uh, an older movie. Is like, it bad that I didn't watch The Sandlot until, oh, like... Oh, Friday Night Lights? 18 Holy months ago. Holy shit, dude. I like the series better than I like the movie. Uh, what about Miracle? Ever Miracle's seen? good, yo. Yo, Slap Shot? I like that one. That was one of my good Miracle favorites. is fine. Yo, I'll tell you right now. You know, I actually take that back. If I'm in, like, an inspirational mood, I'll put on Friday Night Lights, and the speech he gives... At halftime, just like whatever, and that music's playing in the background, and then they come out of the tunnel. I'm fucking losing my mind. And then when they lose the game on like the one yard line, and the dad, who's just like a piece of shit, hugs his kid and puts the ring on his finger. Ooh, I could cry right now hit, thinking hit the about field that spots shit. right now. I just got chills. Yeah, it's fucked up, scene. dude. It's fucked up. Yo, I fucked with a uh, 61. Too. 61 was a good one. The and, uh, 42, 42, 42 was also. I just watched was, that again yeah, the other day. Yeah. The natural. Yeah. That's a good baseball movie. You've never seen that. Nah. Varsity <laughs> Blues? I mean. <laughs> the replacement? <laughs> Bend it like back. Yo, Any Given Sunday? Any Given Sunday. Yeah, you want to talk about a speech? That's a good one, too. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Bull Durham? Because I, I have not seen that. Neither. We're going to get ripped for all these sports movies you haven't seen. No, nah, we're just I've seen a, I've oh, seen a oh, bunch yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Dude, I didn't see The Sandlot until like I was 20. That's terrible. <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't be allowed in this country. Oh, Sandlot. Easy number one for me. Yeah. That's it, my first pick. It's like, but Sandlot's like its own, like Mighty Ducks 2 is one of my favorite movies, one of my favorites also, but those movies I feel like Yeah, but if Hardball's a movie, a sports movie. Right, but I'm saying it's not in the same category as like they're Friday Night Titans. Lights and whatever. It's like they're both sports movies. They're youth they're, sports movies. But like one of them, they're like comedy. Like these are just like straight up like, yo, like sports. Like I'm trying to, you know what I mean? I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. But I mean... Switch gears? <laughs> Switch gears? Who knows? Um, Karate Kid? Is that a sport movie? Field of Dreams. Mm. Hoosiers. Hoosiers. These are good movies. Um, oh, I got it going. Oh, oh, God. Yo, Coach Carter wasn't fire? <laughs> uh, Coach Carter was good. I, I mean, you see, I would put Hardball and Coach Carter like in that kind of sports movie nah, genre. Coach Carter is a legit sports movie. Like, it's about sports, and I believe that's a, a real story. Uh, you know what? Now that I think of it, I think it is a, about a, a true event. Yo, he got game? 
You ever seen that? Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Love, love and basketball. Denzel. <laughs> wow, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Jesus Shuttlesworth. That's super lit. Um, all right. Anyway, let's let's hop off this and start talking about sports. How far how far in are we right now? Like a good ten. Yo, good ten. You know how I feel about the number ten. Very solid number. Uh, of course. Yo, sports movies, man. The go-to. Yo, send us send us tweets at Veterans Minimum. Your favorite sports movie. Yeah, let us know. Let us know where we're wrong. What like we boss missed said, out on. Like Boss said, make fun of me and him for not watching certain movies. First of all, 21 is definitely a sports movie. Poker. Oh. Is poker a sport, Joe? It's on ESPN. I'm asking Joey, the unbiased party over here. Is, is poker a sport? <sighs> it requires a skill. Oh, no, it definitely does. But I don't know. You, you see, I feel like this could be a... a a like a topic we can address one day because I've had this issue with your brother Keith about the hot dog eating contest. Like, is see, that- I'm on his side with that. I do think that's a sport. I think that it's yo, it's physically grueling. I know, like you have to get train that. for it and everything. But yeah, I have a tough, tough like. It, it's hard for me it's to put this. It's competitive eating. Like I don't consider it a sport. like I can't think of something being athletic when I can eat. You know, like. All right, but what the fuck is athletic about? Dealing cards. It's <laughs> a lot. A lot, a lot of things. It's not on. athletic. It's in, no, intellectual. Yeah, but you, the competition aspect, yeah. Because when I think of sports and just like I, my biased opinion about sports, it's like you think of something that's physically taxing and like, you yeah, know, yeah. you have to train for it or whatever. And you do have to, you know, in See, other I, terms, you have to. I think poker is a sport, but I also, when I think of sports, I think of like a score, like how you can keep score and someone's going to win like by a score. Right. Well, technically, there is a score, but I, I understand. What I mean, you're yeah, money, yeah, like chip money count. score. Yeah, chip yeah. count. Yeah, yeah. True, true. It's like a, you know, it's one of those. I, I feel you though. Like I, I feel a score or an objective. I mean, the eating is an objective too. <laughs> Yo, the eating thing is 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 ridiculous. That's that's insane. What these people do, it's disgusting. Psychos. Anyway, uh, let's talk about a, a sport that's definitely a sport. Football. How you doing? Mm. Uh, we have three games here that we've highlighted. The By the way, one, uh, have we established what doozies mean? Is it a good thing? Because we got some doozies on the menu. Or, to me, I was saying it yeah, ironically. I thought the, doozy was like a negative thing. Negative like connotation. I always thought it's it's like a like a tough thing. Like, oh, this is a, it's going to be a doozy. Yeah, I think I was wrong on that. I think it's a good thing. Like, right. but I, I, tough. Like you it, could also say it ironically and yeah, be like, oh, you, it's going to be a doozy. Yeah, this the, is going to be hard. The way you had said it on the video was like, right. you know, I think it was the Ravens and Dolphins we were talking about yeah, at the time. Yeah, I was like, this oh, is going to be a doozy. Yeah, so like, I was just like joking around. We need but, Tim, the English teacher, here to... Which, but he's, he said it's a positive thing. He's used it before. Yeah. Um, so the first game we have here, Rams at Vikings, which is... A doozy. <laughs> the, the, the battle of the former Jeff Fisher quarterbacks. Wow. Last year, both just, you know, one got benched, the other was a bust. And now, through the first, you know, nine games each have played, have been lighting it up. Jared Goff is coming off two very solid performances, and Case Keenum threw for four touchdowns last week. And, you know, I, what does it say about Jeff Fisher? You know, we've pretty much just bash them every chance we got because he's not on offensive mind. And these guys are flourishing now. They have talented ro- rosters around them, both sides of the ball. And I feel like both are coming into their own. And I know it's hard to say that about Case Keenum, who's been in the league for so long, but I feel like both teams are built very similarly. Yeah. I want to like, yo, what do you think about Robert Woods? Right? He got traded to the Rams and now he's thriving. Like, yo, back-to-back, I think, 100-yard efforts. 
keep four in mind, touchdowns in two weeks. Yeah, keep in mind that USC, his junior year, he was a projected top five pick and a Blitnikoff finalist, finalist which yeah. is uh, the best receiver in the country. Then came along uh, Lil Marcus Lee, Marquise Lee, and kind of like he took over at USC that year and kind of impacted his draft stock. His number, uh, Robert Woods' numbers weren't the same. So he went from top five pick to mid first round to mid second round ultimately with the Bills. He went 41st overall. So, and then he went there and who was he behind? Watkins. Mm-hmm. Right? So he never got a chance to like thrive. And now he's in St. Louis and he seems to be like a focal point. Of their game plan, Los Angeles. He says St. Louis, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I my bad. I, I mean, I'm still know, not on that, dude. Yet. I've called the char- <laughs> I've called the L.A. Chargers San Diego about yeah. nine times. Yeah, but anyway, so he's on the Rams now. Even though Watkins is there, Watkins doesn't seem like that first round talent that Woods was. Seemed like he was when he was at USC, and he's he's balling out now, man. In every facet, screens downfield, he's making catches. So sometimes yo, all these guys need is an opportunity or a change of scenery. Yeah, both. And yeah. Like, yeah, and a quarterback. True, true that. You know, they both had Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback, Watkinson, Woods. Look at Tyrod Taylor now. Bench can't even make the, you know, can't even start over a rookie, Peterson. Yo, Jared Goff, number one overall pick. He, they both move over there and look what they're doing. Not so much Watkins, but Woods. And, and, and it's crazy. If you guys remember, I kind of like ripped on Robert Woods because he got a pretty big contract. I think he got like $40 million. Not all guaranteed, but I was a, you know, we knew about him coming out of USC and the comparisons I drew with him was... Steve Smith, you remember Steve Smith on the Giants, Joe? Oh that, yeah, like slot receiver. Yeah, he came all woods. Yeah, and he came he came out from USC, and I'm like, oh, I could see the parallels between the two of them. But as I was watching his career, I'm like, I can't see this guy having getting a second contract, nonetheless getting forty million dollars. And yo, so far he's proven me wrong. And Watkins, when you look at the other side, I feel like he's I wouldn't say a gadget player, but you know he's pretty much catching a bomb. If not, he's not catching anything. He doesn't really run many routes. Like he doesn't have, he doesn't run all the routes on the route tree, as you hear analysts break down, like wide receivers running routes and shit. So his is pretty much a nine route. He runs streaks and deep deep flies. That's about it. What do you, what do you think about the Vikes? Feeling Thielen. I mean, Thielen is balling. Yeah, unbelievable. It, it's time that we. I think I said this on the recap show. We got to stop saying that he's like underrated or yeah. like oh shady. You know, like nah, this dude is balling. You know, him, T. Y. Hilton and Antonio Brown are the only wide receivers this year to have two hundred fifty yard games. Right. And I think the the guy that's gonna bowl this week, I think it's his time now. It's Stephon Diggs. I think Stephon Diggs is in line for a big game because the. The Rams are actually one of the better teams at defending the slot wide receiver, and that's where Thielen primarily lines up. And if you remember last week, we mentioned when we broke down the Rams game, a lot of Rams game of the weeks this oh, year. Shady Rams Jags, I think was game of the week. Yeah, yeah. And now it's uh, I saw actually Adam Schefter retweeted this, so I can't take credit for it. But he said, "Who would have thought Case Keenum, Jared Goff would be a game of the week this week?" For real, yeah. Last year, you know, this time last year, never would have guessed. Both yeah. are on the same team. One had just gone benched; the other looked horrible. <laughs> But go, going back to what we were just saying about, like, you know, the Redskins last week when they had to guard guard up on uh, Thielen, it was a mismatch because the Redskins are pretty poor at defending the slot wide receiver, whereas the Rams are in the top five in DVOA at defending slot wide receivers. So I think this is going to be a tougher matchup for Thielen, and I think this might open up the door for Stephon Diggs. That's your boy, right, boss? That is my boy out of Maryland. That was my guy. <laughs> Still on your fantasy team, or you got? Nah, I made a trade. I traded. Uh, so it was a series of trades, but I traded uh, Diggs, uh, Crowell, 
and Alan Hearns is a throw-in for Jay Ajayi when he was with the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, and Jermaine Curse. And then I flipped Ajayi for to you, yeah, yeah, for AJ Green and who else? Seahawks D. Oh, yeah, yeah, I gave you AJ Green and Keenan Allen. I mean, I gave you Keenan Allen and Jay Ajayi for yeah. Seahawks D and AJ Green. Recent slot wide receivers uh, stat lines against the Rams: Bruce Ellington four for forty-one yards, one touchdown. Sterling Shepard five for seventy yards. Larry Fitzgerald three for twenty-nine yards. Alan Hearns three for thirty-seven. Doug Baldwin four for thirty-seven. And now you got Thielen. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman is uh, the the corner. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Thielen, and I think it's going to open it up for Stephon Diggs. Could happen. Uh, and how do we feel about like Case Keenum? Do you think he's like going to keep this up? Is he, is he due for a bad game? I was listening to myself like Monday. I was like, maybe I did overreact. Like, cause I said, Case Keenum, yo, he broke all types of records at Houston. He's like one of the elites of college football history. And yo, I mean, it sometimes it takes years to put things together. Um, look at, I guess Carson Palmer, right? Matt Ryan, yeah, not to that extent for Case Keenum, but maybe he's just starting to put it together now in a well-coached team. That's the thing. I feel like, yo, he has a lot of weapons to mess with. That too. Murray and, and McKinnon are pretty solid one-two over there. Murray's getting more involved now. He's getting more of the, like, carries. Carries where McKinnon, you know he is, similar to, like, Chris Thompson on the Redskins. Right. That's how he's utilized. But then you got Stephon Diggs. You got Adam Thielen. Kyle Rudolph is a very solid tight end. That's my guy, Kyle. Uh, very solid offensive line. And, boss, you always sing the praises of the Vikings defense led by Mike Zimmer. So I think that he actually has a talented enough roster to support him yeah for sure he's coming along man and seven and two shows it i uh i'm i'm a little hesitant to uh crown golf like i'm I'm a golf guy but i feel like we need to pump the brakes a little bit people are talking about him as like a dark horse mvp candidate but it was something interesting i was finding out uh as i was researching him and then you know with the dfs stuff coming up for the videos he's actually featured in uh in the fade section and the reason why is anytime Jared Goff this year has played a team that ranks in the bottom half in defensive statistics. He's averaging 20 points a game in fantasy, right? Now, you flip that, the games that he's played against the top half of defensive teams, he's averaging 12 points. So what is that telling you? When he's playing good defenses, he's not really putting up numbers. He's not producing. He's really picking on the Colts. He's picking on the Giants. He's picking on the Texans. So I want to see him. This could be a – I think it's going to be a big test for both teams, but I want to see golf in a hostile environment. Minnesota's defense historically plays better at home. So I want to see. Can he light it up? Yeah. Not even this week. You'll see in the coming weeks. Like we said, they got the Saints next week and then the Eagles three weeks from now. So they look to be a playoff team. They're going to start playing some playoff teams in the regular season. We'll see how they hold up. Safe to say we'll probably have more Rams in the game <laughs> yeah. games of the week going forward. Can't wait for Saints-Rams next week. Athemi! Yeah, Tim's going to have a, a semi for that. And they play the Eagles and Seahawks after that, too. So oh, he's going to have to. Too, yeah. Yeah. Titans after that. Titans look like a... We'll see what the Titans do tonight as we're recording. Yeah, but you're so. right. I mean, if you look at his... his uh, <clears throat> his season so far, every time he's played, like when he played the Seahawks, he had... Two picks, no touchdowns. He played uh, the fucking. I mean, in every other game. I mean, in the last two weeks, he's like killing the Texans and the in the the, the Giants, Giants. Obviously, he fucking went off. But you're right. I mean, he isn't really 
when he played the Jaguars, he threw a touchdown, but he had 120 yards, like nothing insane. But it will be interesting. These these next few games where he plays tough teams, we're going to see if he's the real deal or not. Yeah, how do you guys feel about them trying to bring back Bridgewater now? Like, do, do you think it's... It's sim- I think similar to I, like I what, what happened in Buffalo. Like, how are you just going to bench Tyrod Taylor? Sure, he's had two bad games, but I feel like that's not good for a quarterback's confidence that you're on a short leash. Like, you take the aggressive nature out of him. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, especially because you have someone in Case Keenum that's replacing your quarterback and he's doing a good job. And to try to now fuck with that, like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I don't let think him roll. You think they're going to bring Bridgewater back? See, I, I mean, don't, I don't was, think so. Until Wednesday afternoon, there was it was up in the air who Zimmer was going to announce was going to be the quarterback. And I feel like for me to pull Case Keenum now, he needs to have a half like Hoyer did in the playoff game against the Chiefs. Yeah, like four. That's picks. what I'm saying. Yeah, like, he needs to legit shit the bed. Like a, a three for 20 first half with four interceptions. There I could be like, all right, you know what? It's bedtime for you. Let's yeah, move on. Keenum has done nothing to warrant him losing his job. And yeah, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played in... A Close year and to, a half? Yeah, two years. Even when much. he did play, he wasn't like anything spectacular. It's not like we're getting Andrew Luck back in there. We're it's fucking Teddy Bridgewater. Whoa, whoa, slow down. <laughs> I know it's your guy and everything, but yo, even you can attest to it, like this guy's nah. not like a, a fucking he's, he's not gonna a save beater. the team. Yeah. yeah. It's like he if anything, he's gonna perform exactly how Case Keenum's performing right now. Yo, not for nothing too, Case Keenum all the two interceptions threw for three hundred yards last week and four touchdowns. So he's given the offense they need. It's not like how much? How big of an upgrade is Teddy Bridgewater to Case Keenum? I don't think he's an upgrade at all, actually. Especially with how he's rolling right now. Right. Even if he is, is it significant enough where you're gonna be like, "Yo, I'm gonna ruin what we have going, Case Keenum, since the start of the year, since what week two? He came yeah. in for Bradford. Yeah. Why it, ruin a good thing? Dude, if it, it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the old saying. So why? Sure, like Bridgewater. I mean, I, I like, I love him as my backup. If Bradford can't go, even if Brad, like, if Bradford could go, I wouldn't even dress Bridgewater at this point. No. I just let him get right, keep giving him time and practice, and have him ready for next year if you truly want to want him as your franchise quarterback. You did after all you did use a first round pick on him. But this year, midpoint in the season where everyone's in full swing of things and you're just getting back from IR from a year and a half off of football, why should I give you the reins? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, or why would I give you the reins? Like I don't understand that even being a question. And I don't like I talked about this on the recap, how Case Keenum had to answer that in the post game after he just beat the skins. He put up thirty eight points. Oh, do you think you'll start next week? He's like, I'm just going to give you the same answer. Like, it's not up to me or whatever. Like, it's up to the coaches. That makes no sense to me. I, again, I can't I can't say it enough. We're talking about Teddy Bridgewater. Like, he throws 14 touchdowns and 10 picks a year or some shit like that. Like, Keenum's throwing 11 touchdowns and five interceptions so far this year. He's rolling. The, t- the defense is good. Like, we're figuring out the backfield, even though we lost Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen's coming into his own. Stephon Dix is, is healthy now. What? Why are we changing anything? Yeah. yeah. Like, yo, keep it the way it is. Like, enough with this shit. Yo, both teams are seven and two. The, the way Philly's playing, you're probably looking at the winner of this controls their own destiny to have a bye week in the playoffs, which would be nice. Possibly, we'll see with Seattle. They Rams play Seattle again yeah. down the road, That's so true. that'll be a big swing game in terms of division yeah. and bye weeks. Uh, I'm kind of ready to sell my stock on Seattle because. They've overcome a lot of big injuries, and now, well, I'll I'll save it for when we talk about them because they're on the menu. Yeah, uh, but let's just let's just pick who we who we got in this game: Rams or Vikings. This is actually one of my picks, so I'll save it. Spread, yeah. What's spread? Yeah, spread is uh, two points. Minnesota. It's in the Vegas zone. What's that? 
So like anytime a game is in two or four, it's either two or four points and it skips that important number of three, it's the Vegas zone. So it kind of throws you off a little bit because of how it's not a common number. I'm going to go Vikings. I'm going to go Vikes at home. Same. Getting. No, giving, giving. Oh, giving. Okay. They're my other yeah, favorites. Okay, so I'll take them anyway. Fuck it. Uh, next game, Nick just mentioned Falcons at Seahawks. Uh, what do we got? Yeah, I, I feel like I could. I, I should pick up from here because I think they've been getting hurt week in, week out. They lose a big piece. Some of them, they've been able to get back. Like Earl Thomas missed a couple weeks and then he came back. Well, he'll be back He's, this week, right? It, it's he's not sat out Thursday. Yeah, it, it, it's not clear that he's gonna be a hundred percent go, but he, I, I believe he's practicing or he was limited. But they also play on Monday, so they've had extra time for him to prepare. But you know, they get uh, they were missing a running back, and then they get this guy Chris Carson, and then he breaks his leg. He's out for the year. They've lost linemen left and right. Uh, they lost um. They lost Richard Sherman on Thursday Night Football, and then there was a big outrage from Doug Baldwin saying that this is, you know, this is the worst thing that's happened to football Thursday night, and yada yada. But I think that that's a big loss, man, for Richard Sherman. Now you're asking Byron Maxwell, who they just re-signed, who was part of the, he was like in the core of the Legion of Doom, a mm-hmm. uh, Legion of Boom, sorry, Legion of Doom wrestling, but. Uh, yeah, I just think the Sherman loss is big, man. Now you need Shaq Griffin, who's a rookie. You need him to step up. And now you got Byron Maxwell, who just got cut. Like, how good is he? Maybe if he reunites with a system that he's familiar with and he was comfortable with. This is more on the play for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Is this something you think he can't handle, though? I feel like he was like... I mean, that offense was fucking yeah, but shitty. He, but he always had that defense to, like... Kind of keep, keep the games the game. close or, yeah. or, or to get him turnovers and whatnot. I think that's a big loss I mean, I definitely don't see them like Sherman. moving forward, them being able to sustain anything because yeah. of the losses that they've... And yo, Sher- Sherman's been pretty durable. I want to say this is the first time that he's missing games since... Significant, yeah. That I can remember. Maybe he sat because like they clinched a bye week or something. But for the most part, I remember always seeing number 25 out there. So yeah. now they got to go forward without him. And you see how tight that core is of, uh, you know, LOB. It's it, it's Chancellor, Thomas, and Sherman. You always see the pregame. They're all riled up. Uh, all three out, spoken about the other with contract negotiations and shit. So they're a pretty tight-knit group. And it, it's big to see, like, your, your brother go down in a way. Yeah, for sure. I think it's also flipping to the other side, the Falcons. Right last week, they got the Cowboys on a week with no Zeke. And no Tyron Smith, which no ended up being Smith, huge. They, they took full advantage of that. They blew him out of the war. They only gave up seven points on a defense, the Cowboys. And now they get Richard Sherman coming off a week where they, they themselves put up 27, going against a, a vulnerable uh, Seahawks defense, right? Like you said, Byron Maxwell. And sure, he's familiar with the team, but how, how good is he these days? You know what I'm saying? He was in Philly, Miami. He's been a, he couldn't find a home after he left Seattle. And now you ask Shaq Griffin, who's been getting torched pretty much all year long, to step up into that number one role. Well, here, here's Julio Jones. Show me what you can do. What a first round. What a first, you know, week to step into that number one role. So I think, I don't know. It's it's great for Seattle. They're a 400 ball club. They're now they're five and four. They could be six and four. They're in a good spot, even though they have to travel. I believe. Yeah, they're traveling to Seattle on a Monday night. It's going to be a tough. It's never easy to go into CenturyLink and win, but it's a good spot for them, man. And and then they get the Bucks next week. So. A good spot for the the Falcons to string together some wins and build those playoff chances back up. 
I think something you definitely got to monitor also is the the status of uh, Devontae Freeman. He left that game very early. Yeah, concussion. With a concussion. He's had, like, I think two concussions this year now. So, that yeah, that's – forget his football standing, like, where he stands in that. Like, his health is, I feel like, more important than anything else. Yeah, that. I mean – that's worrisome. I know a lot of people have said that there's been many reports about Luke Keekley. Like, his family is like, dude, you get one more concussion. You might have to – we might have to force you to retire. Yeah. You know, everyone scary. remembers that Thursday night game. I think it was Thursday night or uh, that primetime game where Luke Keekley was getting stretched out or carted With off. With a concussion. And, and, and like he was crying. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty tough thing to see. Um, as I'm looking into this game, though, I think that the there's something about slot wide receivers that have become so important in the NFL. Ever since like Wes Walker came along, you really saw the importance of having that guy that could convert that third and five, that third and six. You know, and uh, the Seahawks have lined up Doug Baldwin 83% of the time he comes out of the slot and pool the defensive back from the Falcons is allowing quarterbacks 108.9 QBR when targeting his direction. And now you got Doug Baldwin, probably the best, you know, a top five slot wide receiver. Um, that's going to be a tough task for him. Especially, like you said, boss, going into CenturyLink at nighttime, too, is huge. Big X factor. Who do you guys got? So I've been riding the Falcon wave. I like the Falcons to continue rolling. I think they catch heat here. Put Win this week, win next week, and put together three in a row. Going against, then they play the Vikes, so. And then I, I believe they still have two games against the Saints. They do, right? yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Two and three weeks against the Saints. Yeah, so yeah, they, they can they can still control their own destiny, man. They the, the Saints still have to play them twice, so they have they're in a good spot if they can win this game here, though. But I don't know. I'm legit like this is the definition of a game that's a coin flip to me. That's why I'm I was gonna say like I'll take whatever team is getting points. Yeah, I mean if Atlanta. you're looking at it from, from a spread, yeah, but like even to win, I I don't know. Like I, I legit would flip a coin right now, and if it's heads, I'll go with the Seahawks. Tails will go with the Falcons. I, I really think it's that close of a game. And I think that both teams are in pretty pretty ideal spots, whether it's Seattle coming off extra time to prepare, almost two weeks to prepare for this game, playing on Monday night and at home. And then Atlanta right now, Julio Jones is probably over there just like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. Get me the ball. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's going to have 100 Shaq. All right. Um, the last game we have spotlight here is Eagles at Cowboys. One of my picks. I kind of want to keep this short from from like what I think about this game. It all comes down to Tyron Smith. Yo, if Tyron Smith is out again against that pass rush from Philly, it's going to be ugly. It's yeah. going to be like one of those things where we wake up Monday and the headlines are like, is Dak overrated? Can yeah. Dak get it done? Meanwhile, his left tackle... Maybe he's on the floor nine times out of ten snaps because yeah. of his left tackle. Yeah, so it, it's we've always said that the left tackle is the most important position on the offense outside of quarterback. And without Tyron Smith, who's probably the left the best left tackle in football, yeah. I don't think many people would argue against that. If he's out, I think that's huge. I think that the Eagles kind of control. I mean, I, I touched on this last time when you were talking about the Cowboys. Without Zeke, their offense is kind of just bleak. There's nothing special about it. You got two guys that are way past their prime and just 
pretty much useless at this point in Des Bryant and Jason Witten. I know Cowboys fans are going to kill me for that, but I actually let's thought be honest. You, were, you were talking about the running backs too. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I was obviously going to get yeah, there, yeah. But, but you have the two guys that are supposed to be like, I mean, hall of, hall of famers maybe. Jason Witten definitely, but like Jason Witten and Des Bryant who can't get separation. Jason Witten figures it out. He, you know, but he's not a guy that's going to beat you. He's a serviceable guy who's going to catch the third down pass. He's the security blanket, whatever. But they're not like playmakers anymore. And then you have Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams who just aren't, you know, maybe you'll get like two a year from them or something. And then now in the backfield, the drop-off is ridiculous. And coming into the season, a lot of people were, you know, with with the Zeke suspension, they were saying like, it doesn't matter. This line is so good and anyone can get a thousand yards behind that. Yeah. Darren McFadden did it. But dude, no. These are these are way different. This yeah, is yeah. way different now. And then if you take if the left tackle doesn't play, if Tyron Smith's not playing, like forget about it. But even if he does play, let's just say he does, and they get like an extra second back there, we're still talking about Alfred Morris, Rod Smith, and fucking Darren McFadden, yeah. which is a co- completely different. You add those guys to, up together, they don't equal Zeke. Yeah. And if you don't, if you can't establish that run game, and you're not going to force people to stay in the box, then you can't throw the ball either. Because force force Dak to beat you. I like Dak. I think Dak's a good player, but his player his receivers aren't good enough to get separation. They're just they're playmaker guys that thrive off of the fact that they have people in the box and you have to blitz and you have to account for Zeke because he's that good. That's why I think they did so well the season the last season. Because you have to account for him. But if he's not out there, I don't have to game plan for shit. I'm not game planning for Alfred Morris. I don't give a fuck. I just go I just play back. Play some zone, get some more guys back there. Shit, probably probably double cover Dez, and he can't get separation off one guy. Now imagine with two. Yeah. Oof. Yo, keep this in mind. You talk about uh, Tyron Smith. Last week, Prescott was hit a career high 10 times and pressured on 37% of his dropbacks. You add that into so the fact. So you're talking about the run game. Like, dude, this guy can't even finish his drop yeah. before he's getting moved moved out of the pocket, well, moved I was up saying, in the pocket. Even if he does play, right. I still think that oh, this yeah, offense yeah. is like, Still bad. And, and, yo, think about this. They closed out the year last year, right, in the playoffs against the Packers. Since then, if Tyron Smith doesn't play, that's three of the five offensive linemen are not there. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost they lost two guys in free agency. Well, one in, one in free agency, the other one retired, and then Tyron Smith might be out this game. So this is a completely different offensive line. And then if you're looking on the other side, I think Philly Philly's probably licking their chops right now because – they're eight and one coming off a of bye week, and Dallas is five and four. And if they win this game, they pretty much need to win what one more game to clinch the division. After you get a four game lead in your division, yeah, this time before of the December. year before December, it's pretty much even Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's it's a wrap. You pretty much have it wrapped up, and then you start game planning about like, oh, should I rest guys? Is it rust? This and that. But I think this is what's dope about division games because. You want to bury your division opponent. I think Philly's going to come out, and they're going to try to do that. Yeah, for sure. I think Fletcher Cox is a field day. Oh, all of them. Chris Long. Yeah, Timmy Jernigan. Yeah, Jernigan, who got an extension, I believe it was last week also. So that's a defense that's no joke. Their their linebackers are playing really well. Kendricks and Bradham, I think his name is. And uh, they're gonna get. They're also gonna get better going forward. They're gonna get Darby back, who they traded for in the yeah. offseason. So and he got hurt. I believe it was week one that grew some ankle injury so he'll be back so yeah and um 
Yeah, Carson Wentz, the MVP train. Is yeah, just like be Carson Wentz is coming into his own. The receivers are, are doing well. Nelson Aguilar took the, took the next step. And also, you got to understand now, too, since they got a Jai, you never get a break from the running game. Dude, I didn't even... Oh, no one's getting, ever tired. You're getting banged up, too. The entire... That. Every down, there's no one breathing heavy in the backfield. Bro, those you tackles are easy either. Like, yo, you have you have four guys that you could play that are serviceable, serviceable running backs. I think a is going to justify being the seventh pick in our draft this week. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny? I, like I said, these running backs, like usually some running backs look to avoid contact and hit a hole, but these guys are going nah, right, yeah. right at you. Yeah. Like, it's not an easy tackle. You're getting banged up instead of the defense doing the heavy hitting. And hurting you have the two other guys, guys that do both. Like you have two guys in a giant and, and the Garrett that like are bruisers, and then you have Corey Clement and fucking Wendell, Wendell Smallwood yeah. Yeah. that are like catching passes and like they're just, yo, it's crazy. You never, you're not getting a break. I think this could get bad. The line's four. Taking the fucking Eagles easy. Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles. Yo, keep Tyron Smith, who we talked about, he hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, so dude, I, I think they, they thought he was going to play this weekend, but missing back-to-back practices is never a good sign. And if you're the Cowboys, you're thinking, like, you do you want to put him out there not healthy against these fuckers? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that, re-injure something. Exactly. That too, yeah. Um. All right. I'm a, I'm a, I, th- I think I'm going to go with Philly also. It, it, really, Philly. It, it really had... My pick is influenced by the left tackle. I think Tyron Smith is in there. I think it's a it's a game changer for sure. Philly on the road. I'm going with them. But yeah. Dio, Dallas too, a big game, like desperate times. Five and four. If they lose this, they slip into five and five. And the NFC playoff picture is looking tough with like Seattle and LA. You gotta think both of them are gonna take two playoff spots. And if you're and if you're talking up the, the Atlanta, Falcons getting yeah. hot. You got three teams in that division that are going to be probably six and four or better. Yeah. So pretty much a must win if you want to stay afloat. And that's what's great about picture. it because Dallas, it's a must win for them. And Philly, that's their arch rival. So Philly's probably going in there like, nah, yo, it's a wrap. We're coming in there. Bury him. They're probably going to travel in the all black. You know, like when teams like show up and like, oh, it's going to be your funeral. And yeah. we're all dressing in all black and shit. So I could see them doing some funny shit like that. But. Yeah, Philly's going to be fired up. That's why, you know, division games this time of the year, that's why I love that week 17, you know, looking way down the line. They're all division matchups now because, like, you don't want to sit guys. You know, like the Giants last year against the Redskins. Giants had nothing to play for. They were the fifth seed no matter what, but they played to knock out a division opponent from the the playoffs, and that's what happens. Yeah, That's what's great about these week 17 division matchups. Mm. All right, uh, let's uh, do some spitball. Tim. Not Alrighty here. Can't then. get the spit. Can't get the spit. Uh, sound effect. Uh, starting with shout out Trump. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Leandro Ball, Cody Riley, and Jalen Hill are back from their uh, their stay in China. Their shoplifting spree and uh, what they is that yo. Yeah, I mean, stupid. But they're young kids, so I mean, you know, it is what it is. But uh, they were, Trump tweeted, oh, these kids should be thanking me, you know, for my part I played in getting them back here. And then lo and behold, all three of them thank Trump. <laughs> thanks, dude. Shout out, Trump. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks to Donald Trump and the U.S. government for getting me back here. Do we, real quick, do we know what they stole? Uh, they were in Louis V. Sunglasses. It was sunglasses. I think from LV. They were LV sunglasses. They were in Gucci. Supposedly, like, the... The cameras had them in Gucci, LV, and and some other some other designer market. But I think it was just sunglasses. I think it was like if it was us three, like no one's saying who did it. Because how could three people? What does it take? Fucking the old saying: How many people does it take to change a light bulb? How many people does it take to steal sunglasses? Yeah, 
So like, at the, least it's like LV. It's not like a like path mark or some yeah, shit. You know? You're a big remember boy. Because what yeah, happened? Remember Joseph Randall? Didn't he like steal underwear, underwear or some shit? Like, yeah, I don't know what that yo, was. Yo, Michael about. Carter Williams. When I was in school, well, we were in college, so it's a little different. Well, they're they're in college, so yeah. yeah he he shoplifted in the mall. He got caught. He went to the dressing room. Legend put stuff in his school bag and left. Thought it was okay. Caught. <laughs> Um, 2022, here we come. The first game since the U.S. men's national team was deleted from the World Cup. <laughs> uh, they tied the European champions, Portugal. It was Portugal's, like, D-minus roster. But it was nice to see a lot of new blood out there and a new young stud to follow if you're a U.S. soccer fan. Weston McKinney scored the goal, places club soccer at Schalke in the Bundesliga. Mm. So another one of these young American kids, along with Polisic, that play big minutes for a pretty big club in Germany. Get them out there, man. Yeah. European exposure. Say it ain't Cy. Uh, baseball, name their Cy Young winners. Max Scherzer for the NL back-to-back. Back-to-back. And uh, Corey <laughs> Kluber took home his second AL Cy Young. It's lit. Uh, the stage is set. This past week, a few more nations booked their ticket to Russia for the World Cup. Denmark, big victory over Ireland. Sweden, upset over Italy. Australia made it through. Peru for the first time since 1982. And uh, Croatia, our boy Alan Sturk. Hey. Croatia made it through. Joe, do you happen to know who they put the Congo on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> the Dirty Lambs. <laughs> Did they really? They were playing the plane, right? Yeah, yeah. Against Greece? What yeah. was the aggregate? Uh, 4-1, four, four I think. Night. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Damn. It was a rough watch. You're mad? No, my, I was I was watching the game with my pops when they were playing in Croatia, the first leg. And uh, right before the game starts, you know, I, we see the 11s, and my dad just looks over to me as we're eating. He goes, we might turn this off at halftime. <laughs> I was like, yeah? He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know. The guys can't play. Greece actually has a lot of guys that play at big clubs. Yeah. But together, they just can't play well. And then, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Croatia's putting out, like, Modric and Rakitic and Mandzukic from Juventus. It's like, yo, these are all, like, all-world players. Like, Modric. Where, where, yeah, where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, quiet. I feel like a lot of, well, a lot of teams have missed out now on the World Cup. A lot of big-name teams. Which is crazy. I didn't think that was possible. So, so The like, U.S. not playing. I know Italy's not playing now, which is absurd to me. Which is a it's like the the place is going up in flames. Like if you watch like Italian news or like even like you know all the media, the it's, a, it's a travesty. Yo, yeah, it's a national travesty. Like they fired the coach right away. Uh, a bunch of players retired. Buffon. It was supposed to be his swan song was going to be this World Cup, but he retired immediately from from Italy. Uh, De Rossi, who won a World Cup with them in 2006, and he's been a, he has like 120 appearances for them. He retired, and it's like there were there were some guys that held on way longer than they should. Like international soccer, it's weird. Like a lot of teams have cliques where it's yeah. like you know I'm you know my boys are gonna play on this team and shit like that. So I feel like that was the issue with Italy, but you know that's that's definitely the most surprising team for me that didn't make the the World Cup just because it's yo they've won the World Cup four yeah. times. You know, like this is a, you never think about teams of Germany, Brazil, Argentina, Italy having to qualify. Like you just kind of just pencil them in. Yeah. You know, they're just always there. It's, it becomes, it's, it's such a habit, you know, and they're out and they just cleaned house right away. I think 
I think word is the next guy that comes in, he's only going to bring back like four players from the 23 that played in World Cup qualifying. So that's definitely the most surprising. Look, Europe definitely has the best teams in the world. So their qualifying stages is harder, but no excuse if you're Italy. Yeah. I think my most surprising team is a couple African teams, Mm -hmm. uh, Ghana and Ivory Coast. I think Cameroon is out too right Cameroon's out too so, uh, Egypt and Morocco made it Egypt yeah. for the first time well Egypt was a runner up the African Cup of Nations which they play every two years about and uh, Cameroon and Ivory Coast won Ivory Coast won in 2015 and Cameroon won in 2017 and those two along with Ghana are usually like the talk of Africa African soccer all the time like sure you have Algeria I think was in the last World Cup uh, Egypt is their first qualification in forever so those these teams that have reigned supreme in Africa for so long are now out of the picture this year. Well, this coming year in 2018. What yeah. happened? <laughs> Yo, my dad for years would tell me anytime we'd watch like a Ghana Argentina game or something like that. He's like, "Dude, do you know how unstoppable if if you were to take like Ghana, Ivory Coast, and Cameroon and just build one like team. their countries are tiny too." Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. he was saying. He's like, "Yo, they're all like." not bigger than new york you know he's like yo if you were to combine them and make one team he's like no one would touch them he's like at all imagine like drogba uh eto in his prime you even know eto eto used yeah. to give you the goods i don't know drogba was my guy yeah like guys like that would be <laughs> and who was that guy on ghana that was super nice the chelsea midfielder uh essien michael essien yeah, yeah, yeah. uh asamoa Guyan. yeah yeah boateng too one of the boateng brothers one plays in germany the other one plays for ghana so it's like yeah th- those are also for our generation, the last like three, four World Cups, they're always just in there too. They're African staples. Well, they were until this year. So that's why, I don't know. It's kind of Egypt, shocking not to see Egypt got this guy, uh, Salah. He plays on Liverpool. Dude's a beast. He's played in Roma too. He's played on some big teams. And this guy's literally carrying them. Similar to, remember Mares on Leicester? Yes. He, he's, I believe he's from Algeria. So very similar kind of player. A lot faster is Salah. But yeah, these two guys are just like, anchoring their team's success going forward what, what team do you like wish you could have saw in there like what team are you like you're kind of disappointed that they're not even gonna make it so obviously italy's one but i think chile not being in is crazy because chile got alexi alexi sanchez right. plays on our team arsenal unfortunately we root for arsenal <laughs> but uh uh vidal plays for Bayern. Bravo's a big time goalkeeper and this is a team that's won back-to-back copa americas and you know we actually mentioned the copa america Wait, like last year when Argent- they beat Argentina, it was mm-hmm. like Messi's third straight final he went to and they couldn't win. And it was Chile that has stopped them twice. And this is a team that has a lot of big names. And for them not to make it, it, I thought that they could be a sneaky like dark horse final four team, depending on how the group turned out. And for them not to make it, I think that's that's probably my biggest disappointment. Also a fun team. Like I'm a fan of South American soccer. Like that, like... uh Remember, like, the Joga Bonito, it's called? Yeah. It's, like, the beautiful game. It's, like, that that South American, like, flavor to soccer. It's all, like, flashy and shit. Whereas in Europe, it's more rugged. It's more, like, tactical. So losing a team like Chile, I think, is is pretty disappointing. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, the Netherlands. Mm. They were a force, too. Like, all these teams growing up in my life. And then the last four years now, they failed to qualify for Euro, right? Well, two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. And now the World Cup. So it's like a bit of a transition. Like they don't really have the same players they did. Obviously, like Robin is on his way out. Yeah. Um, well, Van Nistelrooy, like they're all gone. Like yeah, all these guys that, are that Schneider's core. gone. 
Uh, Van Persie's Van gone. Persie. Yeah, they're like, all kind of washed. Like they had that core that legit grew up together. They're all like in their 32, 33 years old now. Yeah. So they're kind of washed up now. But uh, yeah, that, what's crazy about uh, about the Netherlands, Joe, is that they're going on two major tournaments that they haven't made. And for like teams of that stature, like they say the Netherlands is the greatest country of all time to never win a, a World Cup. Because... They've a, a lot of like their academies are like top tier. Like Ajax is one of the most like well known academies in the world, and the Netherlands they just like chokers. They've I, I believe they've been to three World Cup finals and they've lost all three. And it's like teams of that magnitude to not make two major tournaments back to back. It's like like shit is shit hit the fan. Like all all hands on deck. We need to like revamp everything. Mm. I remember like growing up. I think uh, back in two thousand six when when Italy won. The Netherlands were like really good back then. That's when like that's Robin was still on the team. And that's when they started their like ascend. Right. And then uh, two thousand ten, they were in the final in Spain. Yeah. And and they always stuck out. They were always like a lot of people were fans of the Netherlands because they wore those fire orange jerseys. Yeah, so I they wanted to be so orange. bad. Yeah, like they, that. Is, I think that, and uh, I'm a fan of the Croatia, the checker jersey. Really? I bang with that. I don't know. I kind of like it. You just said I bang with that. <laughs> no, yeah. that jersey's tough. That's also like. Classic, yo. yeah. You can identify Croatia that like from any, just like Netherlands. Yeah, you can the identify Netherlands. them so, so easy. They were a pretty popular team amongst like the general, like casual public. Yeah, you know, just because you're like, oh, the, those jerseys, I know them. And for them not to be in, I think that's it's pretty shocking too. Are we all kind of like in agreement that the biggest embarrassment is the U.S. not making it? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Not only because this is our like our beloved country, but like, dude, you're in the Concacaf. Yeah. I can cut you a little slack if you don't make it out South America, like with Chile, because you got Argentina, Colombia, Brazil, Uruguay, Uruguay, Peru, Paraguay is even tough. Like you got some, you know, Venezuela. You, you got teams like when you go into their venues with like the high altitude, Bolivia. All these, it, it's tough places to play. But like, yo, come on, you can't like be Panama and Honduras. Can't be the Trinidad and, and Tobago's of the world. Can't tie Trinidad and Tobago. That's what you really need to do. You just need to tie. You know, like that's embarrassing. It's it's set up. CONCACAF is set up for the U.S. and Mexico to always go through. Yeah. So that's why that's, I think, without a doubt, that's the most It should be U.S., Costa Rica, and Mexico, like, every year. Yeah, every should year. be. I agree. So that's, that's so definitely the U.S. is struggling with Jamaica. Like I said, Trinidad and Tobago. Barbados. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is. It, 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 it's pretty rough. Yeah, for sure. Mexico, Costa Rica, and Panama are the teams from our region that are Panama. in there now. Yeah, bedtime. All right. Um, before we wrap this up, let's get our picks mm. for week 11 in here. Uh, Tim's not here, so I have his picks. He sent them in. He's going Chiefs minus 11 against the fucking Giants. Good pick. Uh, the Saints minus 8. And the Bears plus 3 as his upset pick. So I'll, I'll go next just because uh, I think I'm so last. I think you are. Back to back. You're spinning this week, Chief. Oh no, Joey! No, I'm is. on three. Oh, and three. Oh, I went one and two. Even though I think we said we're not gonna. Yeah, I don't know. Damn. TBA. 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 Uh, TBD. TBD. Um, TBD. TBD. How about how about this? COD. Wow. Cod? Yes. <laughs> Coming soon. All right. So uh, my my first pick is I'm going with the Vikings. I like the Vikings here. Oof. Uh, that's why I didn't give a pick before. Vikings minus two. You're telling me that. The Rams would be a six-point favorite against Minnesota if the home field was to, uh, to flip-flop. 
Uh, I don't believe so. I take the Vikings here. Um, this is just an, uh, a thought. I'm probably wrong, but I think my trend on this podcast, picking the Browns, I'm probably like 1 in 18. <laughs> Guess what I'm going to do this week? Pick the Browns. Pick the Browns again, baby. Back to the well. Uh, for the simple reason that I don't think Blake Bortles should be an 8-point favorite over anyone, especially on the road. Mm. So I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are actually the third best team at defending the run. And what does Jackson would like to do? Kind of covers up all of the Blake Bortles incidents. Uh, feed the beast that is Leonard Fournette. They also like to fake punt run. Fake punt run. Yeah, you got to be on your toes. You gotta be, uh, they're like me and Madden. You know? <laughs> Nick has never kicked an extra point in Madden. I want everyone to know that. Yeah, he yeah. always runs. Or One time he ran a fake field goal on always third works. down. I used to do that too because like the defense doesn't they all just like rush you I think I have like a 90s another like wild estimate I've converted like 97% of my fake field goals on Joey it's ridiculous I'm in zone and it works I I got the Browns and then my uh, last pick I like the Ravens minus two and a half on the road against the Packers now I know at first on DB I said that I, I didn't understand why the Ravens were a favorite on the road against anybody but as I dug up some research, there's a trend where 70% of the time, a team coming off a bye week is favored on the road against a team with a losing record. It's a 70, there's 70% against the spread. So I'm going to go with that trend. Give me 70% here, hopefully. Ravens two and a half. So I got Vikings minus two, Browns plus eight, Ravens minus two and a half. And I'm going to go out on the limb here. One and two on the week. <laughs> Ravens are two right now. Oh, two? Yeah. Okay. Even better. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Tucker for the win? Ooh. <laughs> Boss, what do you got? Damn. Yo, where am I? I'm in third? I don't know. Third to last, I mean. <laughs> oh, third. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> third to last. I'm going with the the Bucks of Youth. <laughs> I still believe it. The punchless Dolphins. I took them last week. Got smoked in Carolina. <laughs> revenge pick. So, a uh, short week. Revenge pick. Uh, Bucks get Mike Evans back. So, I think they could pull this one out on the road. The battle. This is actually the, the rescheduled game. Yeah. They from, were supposed from to have one. Yo, it, it's funny you mentioned how they, they, they got beat up by the Panthers. Your, your cousin Pete hit me up Monday and he's like, yo, my office pool, like a switch. He's like, he's like, I got the Dolphins right now. Should <laughs> I leave it? I was like, I don't know. Like, this game is weird. I don't trust the Panthers being a nine point favorite over anyone. And then, like, around 11 o'clock, he just, ha, ha, ha. You know how, like, you can emphasize the text? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he put ha, ha, ha on what uh, I wrote to him. <laughs> um, my only dog pick of the week is the Skins plus eight. Uh, they got beat up pretty bad last week by the Vikings, but they put up 30 on an impressive defense. So I think they could, they'll be able to score with the Saints as the Saints. It'll probably be another high-scoring affair, some along those lines, 38-30. But I think they'll cover. 38-31 maybe? I don't <laughs> it's know. 38-30? No, like that, that's what they lost last oh, week. Oh, okay. So they'll put the extra point up there, 38-31 this time. And uh, Detroit, minus three going against Chicago. I still don't believe in Trubisky or anything the Bears are doing over there. So I'll take the Lions, minus three. Okay. And uh, all right. So as I said before, I'm going to start this off with the Eagles, minus four. For every reason that I said before, I don't think the Cowboys' offense without Zeke, even with Tyron Smith, is good. No one's a, really a playmaker. They're rolling. They're one of the f- best teams in the NFL right now. Uh, so I'm taking the Eagles minus four. Uh, I'm also going to take the Patriots minus seven just because. I don't know. Just it's the Patriots and the Raiders can't defend shit. Um, and my upset pick, this was so hard for me to do. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm doing this. 
Uh, give me the Cardinals getting one and a half against the Texans. Uh, this game, I, if I if I I would rather eat shit than watch a second of this game. So you're but, not into Savage against Gabbert? No, I'm not. I'm sorry that I'm not into that, but Jesus Christ. Uh, the only thing that kind of really swayed me to pick the Cardinals in this game was the fact that I didn't know. I was afraid to take the skins. The fact that you're picking this game with, what, 12, 13 other games on the slate? More I know, power but I need to, I needed to pick a dog, you. and I don't. I'm not confident in like the Get Falcons or like, you know, or you know the Browns. I don't know. The Browns figure out a way. You know, they always figure out a way. So the Cardinals. I mean, you got Patrick Peterson on DeAndre Hopkins. Hopefully that does something. I don't fucking know what it does, but let's 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 hope so. So those are my picks, and uh, yeah, that is our show. Uh, Nick, where can they find you? LandVM10 on all social media at DegenerationBet. The DFS and sports betting podcast. And also this weekend, Survivor Series. Got to plug it away. One of the main four. Ah. Very, very fun pay-per-view it should be. Uh, Squared Circle Jerks podcast at SCJ Pod. Yo, it's good. Viewing party? When is it? Sunday? Sunday night, yeah. Possibly. Cowboy Rager. Hello. Uh-huh. Boss? At Endovito27 on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can follow Tim at Tim Patrop on all social media, and you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Santagato. Go follow all of us at Veterans Minimum. Our Instagram is Veterans underscore Minimum, and our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And go follow us on Facebook again. Just type in Veterans Minimum, and you'll find us all over everything, whatever the hell you want. And that is all. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.